0: Welcome to Be Humane on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Gansert. We've got a fantastic episode for you today with a couple of guests who are doing so much to help our animal rescue group friends. So much great work going on in these rescue organizations, and these guests are really helping to fund their good work in local communities. Up first is award-winning children's book author, Diane Rose Solomon. She'll be here to discuss her books about pets and animal rescue. You're going to love her stories, including stories about her own pets, Ninja and Gonzo. Later, we'll be joined by Lisa Marcotte of Trupanion Health Insurance, who will discuss her company's laudable shelter support program and the work they're doing to help support the victims of the recent, devastating Washington State mudslides. You know, for millions of Americans, this week is a big one. For those of you already celebrating, let me wish you a happy Passover, and I'd like to extend an early happy Easter to many of you. Family and friends soon come together to break bread, and almost as important as the company sitting around the table is the food that'll be served on it. I urge you to consider serving this holiday season what we call a humane table this spring. And really, serving a humane table all year round is so very important. You know, more and more Americans are making the humane choice to serve humanely raised meat, eggs, and dairy. And I applaud them for making those decisions. In fact, our Humane Heartland Farm Animal Survey, which was released just last year, revealed that 89% of almost 3,000 Americans surveyed said that they were concerned about the welfare of animals raised on our nation's farms and ranches. In addition, when asked about what factors are most important to them, a label indicating that animals were humanely raised was ranked as the highest in importance, even over organic, natural, and antibiotic-free labels, which I thought was stunning. And did you know that American Humane Association got its start in the animal welfare field by trying to improve the transportation of farm animals on trains back in the 1870s? It's true. So, you know, it's only logical that this legacy in farm animal welfare is so important to our history that we would take it a step further by finding and founding the first and now largest farm animal welfare certification program in this country. American Humane operates the American Humane Certified program, which now oversees the humane treatment of nearly 1 billion, that's a billion with the B, animals raised on our nation's farms and ranches, and that's 10% of all animals raised on our country's farms. You know, products bearing the American Humane Certified label today signify that animals were raised under scientifically based standards that provide for good welfare and humane environments. It's not only good for the animals, but it's also good for the people. And so we're really proud of our American Humane Certified Program. To learn more about it, visit humaneheartland.org and you can see all about the scientifically based standards and the farms and ranches that we work on every single day to ensure that those animals are humanely raised. So if you're still trying to decide on your holiday menu with all of your guests in town, you can visit our website as well to see some delicious recipes from nationally renowned chefs that we work with. Once again, you can see those on humaneheartland.org. And I know many of you are planning on dyeing Easter eggs ahead of Easter. And did you know that we also certify the humane treatment of 90% of the cage-free eggs produced in this country? It's true. And though you might not be consuming these eggs, think about the chickens who laid them. Please make the humane choice. Pick up a carton of cage-free eggs for you and for your children to have fun with. And while we're on the topic of Easter... I'd like to gently remind my humane listeners out there who are thinking about giving an animal for a gift. We all love those cute little chicks, ducklings, or bunnies, but whether you're considering a new friend for you or someone else, remember that choosing an animal is a big decision. These extremely vulnerable little animals are poorly suited as pets. Although unintentional, the vast majority of baby bunnies, chicks, and ducks that become Easter gifts die within the first few weeks. They require such special feeding care and consistent temperatures, and small children often end up inadvertently breaking the animal's fragile bones and causing other fatal injuries. So I just ask our listeners to really not bring home those adorable bunnies, chicks, and ducks as Easter gifts this season. Remember, those animals do deserve a humane life. And they do require such special feeding and care. They often don't make good pets. So think about that as you go into the Easter season. And if your heart is big... For an animal, a new cat or dog, please visit your local shelter or contact your friends at your local animal rescue group. Tons of animals need forever-loving homes, and we all want to make sure that they have the chance to live a humane life. So let's all pledge to have a humane holiday for our kids and our animal friends this season, and we look forward to coming right back to you with an award-winning children's book author, Diane Rose Solomon, for some charming stories about what it is to be humane. In fact, you're listening to Be Humane with Dr. Robin Gansert on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet, at a great value for you. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com Welcome back to the show. You know, American Humane Association is the only organization in the country that works with both kids and animals. And we celebrate that powerful bond that exists between them. You know, it's a special, inextricable link between people, pets, and the world we share that we celebrate at American Humane Association. So whenever I can, I love to have a guest on the show who has an interest in both our children and our animals. And you know, I love to have these guests on. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by Diane Rose Solomon, a certified humane education specialist and the author of the children's book, J. J.J., the American Street Dog, and How He Came to Live in Our House, which is the winner of the Mom's Choice Honoring Excellence Award. Welcome, Diane. It's just great to have you on the show today.
1: Thank you so much, and thank you for having me.
0: Oh, we're thrilled. We're thrilled. And I know our listeners are going to want to learn a little bit about this beautiful book that you've written. It's the story of Maya and her longing to adopt a dog. Is it true that J.J. was, in fact, a real dog? J.J.
1: was, in fact, a real dog. And he was the inspiration for this book. And we adopted or rescued or found J.J. about 19 years ago. And we were going to go buy a dog. We didn't know about rescue 19 years ago. And most people didn't. And so we have to be very forgiving. Right. And Exactly. It's being about forgiveness and, and, and educating. But 19 years ago, my husband and I were going to go buy a purebred dog. That's what we knew. Mm-hmm. And at the 11th hour, a friend of ours was playing soccer in a soccer field, found a puppy who had a collar that was too tight around his neck. He had a lot of fleas. He looked like he hadn't been cared for in a bit. And he brought him home, and he called us. He said, I've got this puppy here in my apartment. I can't keep him. And I know you guys are thinking about a puppy. And you should have seen my body language. I thought, well, but I want the purebred dog that I want. I don't want some street flea dog, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's and, great. And my husband said, oh, let's go look at him. I said, all right, just look. And he, got him, he called me the next day and He said, can I bring him home? I said, I'm just looking. That was the thing. I was just looking. Mm -hmm. And he drives up with this puppy in his lap. Robert, it was just the cutest thing I've ever seen. And I fell in love. And it put me on the whole course of learning about rescue. And, you know, it was really not about the breed I learned. It was about the dogness of the dog and the unconditional love that they give. And she taught me so much about that. And then I learned about rescue and I got more involved in, in animal rescue and became a certified humane education specialist a few years ago. And I kept thinking, people need to know the story because there's a lot of people out there that are planning to go buy a dog because they just don't know. And you can't fault somebody if they don't know. That's so let's so true. tell people about it. And let's take it a step further. Let's tell kids about it so they can tell their parents or they can leave this with their parents and, you know, and look at the educating now other kids.
0: Oh, Diane, I have to tell you, bravo, bravo for mm-hmm. telling Thank this you. story and for really using it as an opportunity for education. You know, it's, yes. uh, and you know, 19 years ago, it was a very different environment for shelters and certainly for rescue groups, you know, and today... Mm-hmm shelters and rescues are much more part of the mainstream conversation about pet parents and pet ownership and we think going to our local shelter and contacting rescue groups and we have pet finders out there and you know there's what 7,000 rescue groups in the United States and 5,000 shelters so there's plenty of places out there for all of our listeners to go and find their new pet best friend and we just need to need to remind us all to, to visit our shelters and visit and contact our rescue groups. I love Maya in the book, you know, and mm-hmm. I have to ask, as a kid, did you really want a dog, but your parents were maybe a little unsure?
1: <laughs> well, we actually, I actually grew up with dogs. I didn't really connect with them. I really connected with a cat that I had as a child. My parents would even say that the dog we had wasn't really a, a connecty dog, which is unusual. Most people, most dogs are connecty dogs. This dog wasn't particularly connecty, mm-hmm. my cat was connecty. So Maya was really created because I know that most kids do want a dog. Right. And, you know, they want a pet. They want a dog. And so I'm aware of that. Maybe maybe what I really wanted was a dog to connect with
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> so, that's So I understood that. So, yeah, Maya, Maya was created. That's wonderful. Well, you know, you mentioned, you know, this is the first, but you have a series of books. Can you tell us a little bit about the topics of upcoming books?
1: Yeah, so in this book, it's an exposure to adoption and rescue and responsibility. It's a big word that I use in this book, and I love to go into schools and talk to kids in classrooms about responsibility and, you know, basic pet care, and you can talk a little about dog bite prevention and things like that. So... That's this first book, and so we meet J.J., and we learn about this. And then the second book, J.J. Goes to Puppy Class. That's the name, and that book is coming out in fall because now you've got this new wonderful pet, this dog, in your home. And we do have expectations. We don't want them to jump on the furniture necessarily. We don't want them to go in the bathroom inside the house. There's a time and a place for everything. So we want to train our dogs so that they do what we expect of them. So it's really important, and kids can learn about that too and be part of that whole process. And then the third book is about bringing a baby home to a family that already has a dog in it. Because I've seen it done right and I've seen it done wrong. And there's no guarantees here with this, but it, there's this way to incorporate your, your pet in with your baby and everybody feels the love and nobody feels excluded and there's right ways and wrong ways to do it. And then the fourth book in the series is about therapy and service dogs. But wow. people knew just what amazing things pets and dogs can do for us, I think they'd have a whole new level of respect. And then the fifth book is about pit bulls and
0: misunderstood breeds. And that's near and dear to my heart, yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. you know, that one's near and dear to our heart at American Humane Association because our 2013 Hero Dog of the Year, selected by Americans from all across this great country, they voted for Ellie, Ellie the Therapy Dog, who's also a pit bull, and she's done so much to break down negative stereotypes about her breed, and I was just thrilled to see that America recognized that this dog is a very special dog, should be recognized for the good work, and that helps to break down, as you've done with your book series, break down those negative stereotypes, and hopefully help to end breed-specific legislation that's out there in our communities.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, that's great, and in fact, interestingly enough, I just wrote a blog about pit bulls and Greek specific legislation, and I studied Ellie, the pit bull from American Maine. So uh, that's exciting. Yeah. So
0: that's I love that.
1: She's, she's in my blog. Yeah.
0: I'm so glad. Well, you know, Ellie, uh, I've traveled with Ellie all across the country after she won, and uh, it is so much fun to see the look on people's faces when they see Ellie. They see her in her therapy dog vest, and then they Aww. see that she's won the Hero Dog of the Year, and just to see the surprise and the expressions has been so just uh, reassuring that folks are ready to stop the uh, the negative stereotype, so it's been, it's it's been wonderful. Time. It's time. It is time. It's also time, because I like your use of the word responsibility. It's time for our pet parents to realize that this is a responsibility to help train both ends of the leash to be responsible community members as well. And it's not about Mm -hmm. the breeds. It's usually about the other end of the leash, don't you think?
1: I agree with you 100%. There's
0: been many articles, many studies done about that as well. So I think that's obvious, yeah. Backed in good research. We're so proud to know you. You're a certified humane ed education specialist, Mm -hmm. can you tell us about the sort of things you do in this role and how that really helped prepare you to write this book series?
1: Yeah, well, I learned about the program through Humane Society. They have a a university, actually, Mm -hmm. and I didn't know about that. And so I signed up for their coursework to get the certification, and I I did that a few years ago. And it was great because it it enabled me to get a better sense of what kind of projects students might learn from. And this way, now when I go in to read my book in the classroom, not only am I reading this book and talking about the book, but I can take the whole presentation to the next level. And I bring in some props and some posters, and we talk about what it means to be a responsible pet owner, and what kind of things you need, and what kind of thing. how do you act around a pet, and what do you do? You take them to the vet and you, you bathe them and you make sure that they have proper leash and proper collar and good food and you change your water a couple times a day and give them exercise and make sure you have a dog walker if you're you're not home during the day. Just some good fix that some people just need a reminder and great for kids to learn. And then also, as I mentioned earlier, dog bite prevention because children do get bitten by, you know, the tiniest of little dogs, the, the dogs that you don't suspect. And if, if we just teach them, how to act around dogs, we can prevent a lot of this. So a lot of it's just education. So I use that certification to bolster my presentation in school. That's
0: wonderful. That's wonderful. And with all of our guests, I always ask about their own pets. I know you have two wonderful pups at home. Was it Gonzo and Ninja? Gonzo (laughs) and Ninja. (laughs) I love those names, Diane. Can you tell us about Gonzo and Ninja? Gonzo? He's
1: quite cute, and I don't know what he is. I'm looking at him right now. He's a little blonde thing. And we actually went down to one of the local shelters a couple years ago to, in search of this boxers that was red-listed, and by the time we got there, somebody else had adopted him, which was great. And I didn't want a puppy. My family wanted a puppy. I knew who was going to be home with his puppy. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, what was the puppy? And they let this puppy out. Oh, no, I don't want the puppy. And my whole family looked at me they're like, can we take the puppy? <laughs> okay, we can Aww. take the puppy. And, and we, had, we had a senior dog at the time. It was just as long as he bones are okay with the puppy the puppy piece guy. You know, we'll try it out. So you know, here we are four years later and Gaza's a great dog and he sleeps under the covers with me. Uh-huh. And then he's awesome. And then Ninja is our black pit bull mix and I, you know, when, when T-Bone passed, I said, you know, I know that there's something called black dog syndrome, where people actually overlook black dogs, and I said, why don't we find a black dog? We've never had a black dog. We've had wringled dogs. We've had blonde dogs. Let's try a black dog, and I also knew that pit bulls are, are hard to adopt out, and a black pit bull, forget it, so right. <laughs> said, Let's let's go find an underdog, and he's awesome. He's so sweet. He's hysterical. He cares around the house. He's just the funniest thing. He likes to chew ice. She's
0: a great dog. Oh, that's wonderful. I love those stories. I love them. Mm -hmm. Well, Diane, you just have done such uh, an incredible service to communities uh, across this country by offering these books for children, for education, for awareness, and uh, really helping each of us to have those gentle reminders about being responsible pet parents. Can you share with our listeners where they can pick up copies of your great books? Sure.
1: Well, they can pick up a copy on my website, and that's SOP3.com, that stands for Save Our Pets, People, and Planet.com, but you can shorten it to SOP3.com. Mm-hmm. It's also available at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And I also have a, um, an affiliate program with rescue organizations, so that whenever their supporters purchase a copy through them I then pay them a commission a percentage so that they're getting some much needed funding you know by the sale of the book so if anybody wants to ask their local rescue group or shelter to become an affiliate of mine they can contact me through the website and I can sign them up really easily and then they can purchase the book through them and they get a
0: percentage. Oh, fantastic. So this is uh, yeah. doing good and doing good twice, which I think is wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. wonderful. And to all of our listeners out there, be sure to pick up a copy because I can tell you this is a treasure. It's a treasure for, for our kids, for our grandchildren. You're just going to love it. Well, friends, we'll be right back to hear about True Panions Pet Insurance, their work to save shelter pets in need. And we're talking about shelter pets, and animals in crisis in the great state of Washington after those devastating mudslides. So please stay tuned. This is Pet Life Radio. Robin Ganzerts, be humane. Thank you so much. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Hi, this is Tim Link, animal communicator and pet expert, and host of Animal Rights on Pet Life Radio. Have you ever wanted to know what your pet is really thinking? Do you want to find out if they truly understand what you're trying to tell them? Ever wish you could build a better understanding and closer relationship with your pet? Well, now you can. Learning to communicate with animals is a four part on demand workshop. In the workshop, you'll learn the essential techniques that are necessary to communicate with animals, including what is animal communication. Breathing correctly to achieve the perfect state to communicate with your animals at a deeper level. Using guided meditation exercises and methods to communicate with animals. And how to send and receive information from your animals. So if you're wanting to learn how to communicate and connect with your animals at a deeper level, visit PetLifeRadio.com forward workshop and purchase and download Learning to Communicate with Animals. You'll be glad you did.
2: Hi, I'm Lisa Smith-Putnam, the host of the new and exciting show, Your Pets, My Dogs, here on Pet Life Radio. Your Pets, My Dogs will feature celebrity interviews, we'll talk to everyday pet owners, and more. Listen, I am here to entertain you each and every week, right here on Pet Life Radio. Again, that's Your Pets, My Dogs. I'm your host, Lisa Smith-Putnam. Your Pets, My Dogs.
1: Talk pests.
0: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. Radio. PetLiferadio.com. Well, welcome back. My next guest works as a business development manager for TruPanion Pet Insurance, where she also runs their shelter support program. Please welcome Lisa Marcotte to the show. Lisa, how are you today? I'm wonderful.
2: It's great to be speaking with you guys.
0: Oh, we're thrilled to have you on. You know, Trupanion, as you know, is such a terrific pet health insurance company, and it's so nice to learn about your shelter support program, which I understand helps to give funds to animal shelters and helps adopted pets. Can you tell us more about what the shelter support program is all about?
2: Absolutely. It's an exciting program that we've started in the past year and it lets shelters send the pets out the door with 30 days of coverage from us. So they've got that protection in case the unexpected stuff comes up in that transition. And for participating in the program, shelters are earning donations back from us.
0: That's wonderful. So shelters really get a uh, terrific benefit from this. And tell us about the benefit for new pet adopters.
2: Yeah, so as we all know, when pets are transitioning into homes, unexpected stuff comes up, and that can often be a worry, you know, if this pet is going to get a cold, or who knows what they're going to get into when they're settling into their home. The benefit for them is they immediately have insurance coverage, so if something comes up with their new companion, they're protected straight away. They don't have to worry about the bills, so it's really nice for them to just remove that worry and get to spend the time getting to know and bond
0: with their animal. I think that's so important, particularly as they're trying just to focus on the bond. You don't want to have pet parents worry about those unexpected medical. So I think that's terrific. It's a load off their minds. Since you've launched this program, Lisa, how much has Trupanion actually donated to those wonderful animal shelters in our local hometown communities? Since its launch,
2: we've donated over $45,000 back into the shelter community. And they can use that money for anything from and neuter programs, to toys for the
0: dogs and cats, whatever they need for those animals. That's great because it gives them the, the ability to make those decisions, which is incredibly generous for our listeners, many of whom are, are in working in shelters every day. How can they get their shelter involved in this terrific program?
2: It's really simple. The easiest way is we have great information on our website at trupanion.com backslash shelter that has all the information about our program, how to get in touch with us, um, and a lot of great info about the application and that sort of stuff.
0: Oh, that's wonderful. Can you give that website one more time?
2: Absolutely. It is
0: truecanyoncom backslash shelter. Perfect. Perfect. You know, Lisa, so many of us, we've had our minds and hearts just filled with the grief that your home state of Washington has faced with the tragic mudslide that recently Mm -hmm. occurred. I mean, it's just been horrific to watch the news segments on this, and our hearts and thoughts are with all of you in the state of Washington. I understand your company is working to help some of the animal victims who were caught up in this natural disaster. What are you all doing for the animals?
2: Yeah, the and the mudslides really hit close to home with us. That's it's just a few hours up the road from where we are. So we came together to come up with this really fun idea of having folks share stories about their own rescued animals on our Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And for everyone who shares a story with us, we're donating a dollar towards the animal shelter and veterinary hospitals that are, are taking care of these pets that are being found. It's our goal that we can raise $5,000 through this campaign. So we're really excited to be helping with it.
0: That's wonderful. And it's great to be able to help our, our community members when, when they're caught in crisis such as this uh, it's a tragedy yeah. and we wish the best to uh, the community uh, and the families and animals caught up in it you know Lisa let's end on a happier note how does that sound let's talk, ab- talk about upcoming projects that True working on what do you have going on Oh, my goodness. We have all sorts
2: of exciting things happening. We've really had a strong focus on charity and working with different organizations and charities. So stay tuned for lots of information about new things that are coming up about that in the next few months. We really are also trying to just be engaged in our community and work with animals. We're going to be at some local events, the Seattle Pet Expo coming up and working on developing new programs. So fun
0: stuff with all sorts of organizations. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Well, you know, Lisa, we're thrilled to be a partner with Trupanion. Trupanion serves as our sponsor of the Emerging Hero Dog category at this year's Hero Dog Awards. And, yes. you know, we're in the middle of the voting campaign. I'd like to encourage all of our listeners to to go to the website every day, herodogawards.org, and place your vote for your favorite Hero Dog. And cheers to all of those Emerging Hero Dog category contestants. They're all very special examples of the power of the human-animal bond. Lisa, have you had a chance to check out that website and read some of those powerful stories yet?
2: Oh my gosh, I have. It, it's inspirational to hear the amazing things these animals are, are doing and coming into.
0: Well, you're in one of my favorite categories. The Emerging Hero Dog is the everyday dog that does an extraordinary thing. And so that there are really some very special stories there. And Lisa, we're thrilled and honored to be a partner with Trupanion for this very special Hero Dog category. Oh, Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Well, friends, that's all the time we have for today. It's been another fantastic show. A special thanks to uh, Lisa Marcotte from Trupanion for sharing her stories about the shelter support program, the incredible response that is doing for their neighboring community in the great state of Washington, and, of course, for their support of the Emerging Hero Dog categories. Thanks to everyone for tuning in today. We look forward to speaking with you next week, and be sure to tune in. And until then, let's all remember to be humane. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.